The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. When you look at what was created, you have really no excuse not to believe in a higher being. And then the Bible says that the higher being is God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that through everything God made, we can see clearly His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. Welcome to First Person, where today we're going to look at the testimonies of the trees in our world and how they are God's hint to humanity. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our guest is Annette Palmer. Before we turn to our guest, though, thank you for listening each week. We're grateful for the many radio stations who faithfully provide the airtime for First Person, plus many of you listen via our podcast or with our smartphone app. However you listen, please know that we are thankful and look forward to continuing to serve you by introducing you to people who, in sharing their stories, strengthen our faith and walk with Christ. If you are a new listener, please take time to explore the archive of hundreds of previous interviews over the past 10 years plus. They are all in our archive, which you can access easily at firstpersoninterview.com. Also, check out our schedule of upcoming interviews at firstpersoninterview.com. Our guest, Annette Palmer, encourages us to stop and consider the beauty of the trees all around us. When she does this, she sees God's hint to humanity of His love and salvation. Annette joined me online recently to introduce herself and her thinking that creation itself is evidence of God's saving grace. I am, first of all, a Christian. I was born again when I was 18 through Campus Crusade for Christ. Wonderful. I was discipled by them and baptized by John MacArthur. Really? And I have had a wonderful faith journey all along. I have not only been discipled, but I was able to pass on the discipleship. So, I teach little kids in Sunday school, and I teach women who are married. And now I've written a book to hopefully spread God's glory and make people more of aware of Himself in nature. Yeah. But I've also gone to school. I went to a, nurse, I went to a, a Catholic school as a kid, uh, Louisville in uh, Southern California, and then I got a scholarship to USC for music, and I majored in voice, and my minor was a piano, in piano, and I came out of there as an actress, so I went onto the stage and I performed as many leading ladies in different musicals, which was so fun. <laughs> and then when I got married, I kind of put that aside because it's not a healthy situation for a married woman. <laughs> so, because when you have a leading lady, you know, there's a lot of attention, and et cetera. <laughs> so, I moved on and then I started really developing other discipleship to others. Um, I, as far as myself, I'm a Toastmaster. I'm a proud Toastmaster. Okay. Uh, I am a DTM, which is a Distinguished Toastmaster. I, well, for those who don't know what Toastmaster is, describe that for us. I'd love to. Toastmasters is an organization that teaches leadership and public speaking. Good. Leadership and public speaking. All right. So, I actually train little ones as well. I have a youth leadership program that starts next week. It's like a camp for some, summer camp for kids. And they, we all wish we learned all of this. <laughs> At that age. Yeah. So, we teach 6th to 12th graders how to lead parliamentary procedures. We teach them how to speak effectively and how to evaluate people and how to communicate with people. So, that's a real exciting part of my life, Toastmasters. And 
I'm a Toastmaster. I'm a proud wife of almost 44 years, June 25th. And I love the Lord, and I'm happy to be here. Oh, wonderful. You have a full life. I'm surprised you had time to talk with us, Annette. (laughs) I saved it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, when you contacted me about this book you've written, Trees, God's Hint to Humanity, with a question mark, I have to admit that it got me thinking about trees in a way that I hadn't thought of. I mean, I I love uh, our yard, which is full of trees. I love taking walks in the woods. I love all kinds of trees, but I never thought about them as deeply as you have. So when when did this idea come to you, trees as, I mean, we all think of God the creator and the wonderful creation that we live in, but specifically trees. When did this happen in your life? Well, <laughs> I'm so glad that it's made an impact on your life because that's my goal. I want as many people to hear my theory as possible, and it is a theory. But to me, I think it's going to be when I get to heaven, God says, you got it. You got it. You got the hint. Because that's what it's called is God's hint to humanity, trees. Uh Uh Well, you know, when I looked into trees, I found out that they were the largest and the oldest creature in the universe. Hmm. The largest, well, I should say on earth, not the universe. Uh, The largest and the oldest living creature on the earth there are three trillion trees wayne that's a three with 12 zeros astounding it really is yeah on the earth that means there's 420 trees per living person (laughs) there are more trees than the stars in the milky way (laughs) there are more trees than the brain cells in your head my goodness and i knew something was up with trees a long time ago when I heard these kind of statistics. Mm-hmm. But then you asked me, when did I start really getting the idea for a theory in this, in this book? In 2006, we were excited. We planned an Alaskan cruise to celebrate, the whole family, to celebrate my in-laws' 50th anniversary. And we went to Alaska and we all were excited to go. And, I, and we all were choosing our excursions. And Bob and I chose an excursion. Actually, it was my decision. (laughs) He said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go see how salmon spawn. Go figure. So we were ready for the salmon spawning excursion. We found out it was all sold out. So I got stuck with my husband on a five-hour train trip (laughs) to the Klondike. And of course, I thought to myself, what the heck's a Klondike? I just know chocolate with peanuts. That's all I know. And I found out it was this gold mine that someone had discovered a century ago. So we were on it. The only good thing about it, because I really didn't want to go, was the only one left that was uh, open. So uh, the only thing, good thing about it is my in-laws were on the train too. And I thought, you know, they're such great people. We're going to have a ball. So it wasn't so much of a ball. I sat there for five hours and I just, you know, I was extremely bored because all you do is travel up in Alaska and you just see foliage. That's it. <laughs> so, Wayne, as my head was leaning against the window for hours upon hours, I kept looking at this foliage and the engineer of the train, who also doubled as a tour guide, happened to come on the microphone and he said, It's amazing how the foliage in Alaska stays standing upright, defying gravity through all the storms and all of the outrageous weather. 
thought, that's kind of interesting, Lord. How come they stand straight up? And then it hit me, wait a minute. Maybe they stand up straight because they're growing toward him. Mm. Every single thing that's alive seems to be wanting to reach up some way or another. And they were growing toward the sun, S-O-N. And so even if they were kind of scattered about from wind, they would stand erect and possibly grow up toward glorifying the sun. And I thought, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting. You know, it was a theory, but I thought, well, makes sense to me. Then uh, we kept traveling. And as I was looking out the window, I came upon thousands and thousands, what seemed like millions of trees. And that's it. And I thought to myself, God, why did you make all these trees? I mean, before civilization was here, they were just there. Mm -hmm. And it hit me, maybe you made them for your glory. (laughs) As he did all of creation, exactly. Well, there's a lot to talk about regarding trees here, but I, you know, the second thing I thought about was how many times in Scripture we read about trees. I mean, right oh. from Genesis one, and oh, and, and yes, Psalm sir. one, you know, uh, plant like you become like a tree planted by the river, you know, that kind of thing. And then, Amen. of course, uh, mm-hmm. Christ crucified on a tree. Wood. We'll talk about wood in a few moments. But these images in Scripture, you know, when it, it's just like. Bible study of any kind, when you start to focus in on something, suddenly it comes alive, doesn't it? Suddenly all the references to trees come alive. And uh, maybe there's something to what you're thinking about here. Well, I looked into trees in the Bible as soon as I got back from Alaska, because I thought, did I just have a breakthrough here? Are there so many trees on earth as a hint to humanity? Why? Why, when you drive down the freeway, are there billboards on every side by God? Tree, 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 tree. And I thought, well, I'm going to look into the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about trees. Well, every single major character was associated with the tree. Okay. Give us an example. And every story was a sort of uh, Noah's Ark, the burning bush, mm-hmm. Moses' staff, repentant sacrifices using wood, the Ark of the Covenant, David's palace, Solomon's temple, Adam and Eve, the tree of good and evil. The leaves they covered themselves with mm-hmm. to be saved from nakedness. Jesus, ready for this, Wayne? Okay. Jesus and Joseph were carpenters. All the trees in Eden, the tree of life in Revelation, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, the palm branches that led the way of Jesus on Palm Sunday, doorpost over for the Passover, the vine in the branches parable, the crown of thorns. But the last two I want to mention are pretty uh, uh, amazing when you think about it because trees make the Bible, paper in the Bible from a tree. We're meeting Annette Palmer on this edition of First Person. Her book, Trees, God's Hint to Humanity, will continue in just a moment. Hi, I'm Ed Cannon, the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company, and I'd like to invite you to join us on our podcast, Until All Have Heard, where Wayne Shepherd and I will take you on a virtual tour around Christian ministry in the most unreached places in the world to see what God is doing through the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company. So listen to the new weekly podcast, Until All Have Heard, from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms, or go to febc.org. 
My guest is Annette Palmer, who is the author of Trees, God's Hint to Humanity. And uh, this little book that Annette has written is thought-provoking, and she's given us a little, uh, just a thumbnail sketch of what she's found in Scripture about trees. Let's talk about wood for a few moments. You mentioned several items made of wood there. I look at it as God's provision. You know, God provided trees not only as a, you know, something beautiful to look at in creation, but its, its wood gives us so much that we enjoy in life. Yes, sir. And Wayne, I'm sure you're aware that we would be dead without trees because they give off oxygen. So trees give off life. Yeah, the in whole the whole so science many. of photosynthesis and all that. I mean, I I we could talk about that for an hour, couldn't we? <laughs> for an hour or hours. And then there's wood for fires that keep us warm. There's there's housing for animals, which are the circle of life. Hmm. There's there's the protection of the walls of our houses. Our houses are made from wood. That's saving us from the elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, churches, yeah. where we worship, bridges, uh, vehicles like boats, walls where we work. There's table and furniture, and where you're sitting is probably wood. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. You were pointing us to something that we take for granted. Every moment of every day, we take everything we have around us, even the beauty of creation, the trees, the objects that trees provide for us, we take it all for granted. That's that's an important lesson you're trying to teach us here, isn't it? Well, it is only because people, well, remember Jesus said they're going to see, but they're going to be blind. They're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. And trees are everywhere. I mean, if you weren't sitting there, there'd probably be a tree there, you know, <laughs> if you didn't have where you are right now in your shelter. And Here's the main takeaway. Okay. And and I know you didn't ask me that yet, but we have fun details to okay. continue with. Okay. But the main takeaway of my book, the main takeaway is this. It, are trees God's hint to humanity because he died on the cross to save us for all of eternity? That's the main takeaway. Mm-hmm. Not to mention all that they do to save us from oxygen to shelter but the cross, that's the big, that's the point of this book, is he's trying to give a hint, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just a theory, that look at me, look at me, look at salvation. I mean, what is his main message? Salvation. Mm-hmm. And they're everywhere. Gee, trees are everywhere, and he died on a tree. There's so much here. Let's talk about the seasons. Oh. The seasons that we go through and uh, how they they parallel uh, lessons that God would have uh, for us. I'd love to. I'm just astounded. One of my friends, Cindy Farini, who I believe you know. I do, Cindy, yeah. Yeah, she wrote my foreword, and she, one day at the Titus Two meetings that we have for women in marriage, we, she came to me, and she was the speaker that day, and she came to me and she said, Annette, I know you talk about your book, and she says, or she says, not the book yet, because it hadn't been. I was just giving it as a speech in mm-hmm, those days. Mm-hmm. She said, did you ever think about deciduous trees? And I said, well, what's that? Because <laughs> I majored in music. What do I know? <laughs> she said, deciduous trees are the trees that change through the seasons. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, what about them? And she said, well, did you ever think that in the autumn, in the fall, you shed, they shed their leaves, kind of like a person sheds their sins when they first start to become born again and make the decision. And then in the wintertime, the trees stand stark amongst, you know, the, the wilderness, and they stand without any leaves at all, waiting for the hope of the light of spring. As you are waiting for hope of salvation from Christ, 
And then in the springtime, you become born again and all of a sudden blossoms show up. You become beautiful. You're a new creature, Second Corinthians. You're a new creature in Christ. And and now you have you smell good and you look good. And Christ is showing you his beauty, the beauty of 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 sin being taken away and now you're clothed in white or beautiful colors Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and then in the summertime forget that all the blossoms go away as you know on deciduous trees they all fade away they fly through the air for miles and what's left what's left is the tree going to work and that would be a christian now in their seasons of ministry so with all of this in mind i thought you know i would love to write a book so i, ho- I told my husband i'd like to put this all in a book and he said go ahead and i went what <laughs> really you support that and he said yes so i'm not really the type to sit at a, at a, a computer because i'm kind of a go-getter <laughs> but i did it and then i got it edited and then i found my publisher and ever since then everything has blossomed yeah just blossomed yeah, yeah. Well, when you read your book, again, what I get is is a wonderful new th- appreciation for trees, but it also opens my eye to all of God's creation and how it's all fitted and joined together and how marvelously it's designed. Paul talks about this. You know, even the creation gives testimony to God as creator, and um, it, it's it's a remarkable thing to just, in the busyness of life, to sit back and just look and marvel at creation. You have to feel that. Oh my goodness. Since I wrote this book, when I'm driving down the, the, the road, even in my neighborhood, I, the trees are just like spotlights. <laughs> There's like spotlights. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Simple That's yes. That's the short answer. Simple yes. All right. Yes. All right. We have to talk about Christmas trees. You can't oh, talk yes. about uh, trees without mentioning Christmas trees. Yeah. What, what do you have to say about this? Well, you know, I started thinking, well, what, Lord, what with Christmas trees? And um, I, I, I started thinking about it. And I started looking into evergreens and I found that evergreens give this, this scent of relaxation. So people make uh, essential oils with pine mm-hmm. smell and this kind of thing. I also found out that they are not deciduous, so they stay the same all year. And then in the wintertime, when I realized that, I looked out and I thought, oh, my goodness, here's all these naked trees. And then there's these evergreens that are standing plush and gorgeous. And then I looked at every one of them, and every one of them had a pointer that pointed to the heavens. (laughs) Yes, but there's also some other things about Christmas trees that I think you'll find fascinating. The writer of Hebrews said in 13.8, he said, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's why people instinctively, because of Ecclesiastes 3.11 that says God put eternity in the hearts of man, mm-hmm. naturally we know the story and people express it even though they don't know Christ yet, maybe. Yeah. We're thinking that maybe, I was thinking maybe people instinctively bring in evergreens because they represent Christ. <laughs> and then I started thinking, wait a minute. What's up there on the top of that tree? Oh my goodness, on that bow, people put angels. Mm-hmm. Well, what did what were pointing to Christ in the New Testament? Angels, the birth of Christ. And people instinctively get angels, Wayne, to put on top. Wayne, what is the other thing that's on top of a an evergreen at Christmas time? A star. Besides an angel. A star. A star. Well, what pointed to Christ for the for the wise men? The kings. They were following the star. They pointed to Jesus. So, are we bringing in evergreens instinctively per Ecclesiastes 3.11? Hmm. 
are we? There's so much to evergreens, lights, ornaments, parades, ceremonies, fireworks, celebrations. Why do we do that? Ecclesiastes 311, Wayne. Beautiful. Well, and you mentioned this earlier, but I want to come back to this in conclusion, that your whole purpose here is to point to God as Savior. Jesus Christ is our Savior, and trees are a hint to humanity. Talk about uh, the work of Christ uh, in a person's heart. If someone is looking at this creation and says there has to be a creator out there who did all this, but they haven't put that faith in Christ himself, what would you say to them, Annette? Well, I would pray, as I'm speaking right now, to the Lord, that they would see the creation as of Romans 1 and 19 and 20 that says, when you look at what was created, in the dictionary, created means made, M-A-D-E, when you look at what was created or surrounding you, you have really no excuse not to believe in a higher being that created it all. And then the Bible says that the higher being is God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I pray that they could connect with their creator through just being outdoors, not even if they're not familiar with the Bible, just look outside and remember that I am telling them that there's a Bible verse that says, if you look at what's created, I mean, starting from an embryo in a person or a person or an animal's body to be created into a human being or a full horse or cow or whatever we're looking at. And then you look at the trees and how the deciduous trees move to work for our lives from oxygen to our homes, then they would connect with the creator in a way that they've never connected before and that they would find, Lord, that they would find people in their lives that could bridge them to an active church that could teach them more. Our guest has been Annette Palmer, the author of Trees, God's Hint to Humanity. If you'd like to follow up with more about Annette's book, you'll find a link at firstpersoninterview.com. I'd like to take you back to the verse we touched on earlier. In Romans 1.20, Paul says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. My thanks to Annette for joining us here on First Person with that reminder. Proclaiming the message of God's love and forgiveness is the mission of the Far East Broadcasting Company, who makes it possible for us to bring these interviews to you each week. For over 75 years, FEBC has had the same message and mission and is using every technological means available to reach people. Through all forms of radio, through smartphone apps and websites, and several other key exciting means, FEBC reaches millions every day. Many listeners are in places where they have very few opportunities to be taught in God's Word, and FEBC fills that gap. To watch and pray along with FEBC, please visit febc.org. Check out the prayer resources and listen to our podcast, Until All Have Heard, and our radio program, FEBC Today. It's all at febc.org. One more thing, we have a Facebook page for this program. You can see reminders there about our interviews and leave comments about what you've heard, and you can suggest future guests. So join us at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person Interview.